it's time for Sales with Sully. Your host, Scott Sullivan, brings his 30 years of sales and marketing experience to you, the sales professional, addressing your questions from Twitter to help you be better at reaching your goals. This is a weekly show that happens right here on InspiredNewsRadio.com. And now your host, Scott Sullivan. Well, here we are again, another week of Sales with Sully. Hi, I'm Scott Sullivan, and I am your host. Every week, we bring you some of the best ideas, some of the best comments, the best uh, questions, uh, all from social media, helping you to be a better professional salesperson every single week. I bring my 30 years of experience, and I bring it right here to Sales with Sully, and we are exclusively on InspiredNewsRadio.com. Thanks for listening every single week. So this week, I got a lot of comments in the last uh, probably 14 days, uh, 14 to 18 days, about decision-making and decision process. So this week, we're going to talk about decisions. How are they made? What, uh, you know, being decisive versus the way that decisions are being made today in the old days in the old days listen to me back when i was a pup and we were selling we would then set an appointment we would go in we would meet with one of the decision makers very very rarely and i mean i'm going to say probably maybe one out of a hundred times that it was a committee or somebody else so you would go to the administrative assistant you would get a uh, appointment you would come in, you would sit down with an individual that would have complete control over the budget, and that person would be the decision maker. We actually built entire, there were books written about finding the decision maker, and, and Miller Hyman built an entire sales course on you know catering to the decision maker, making sure that you have the right person in the room that you're actually meeting with. Then we started seeing, uh, later in, in life, we started seeing, uh, as the sales evolution was taking place, we started to hear the word influencer. He's an influencer or she's an influencer. She doesn't make the decision, but she can influence the decision maker. Then you started having fox selling, and everybody was talking about, well, there's a guy in the back of the room that didn't say anything, but he's a power influencer. He's a fox because he's going to be able to say yes or no and all of a sudden so life started changing and and i'm going to bring to your attention a couple of things that i think are the reason because of that let's start with the fact that now all of a sudden communication is much easier if you were talking let's just use a couple of examples if i were talking to someone who was an old school manufacturing company that had I don't know, pick a, you know, that had a plant in uh, the northeast of the United States and they were manufacturing a hard goods, chances are it was 18 to 24 months to go from drawing board to actually getting it on the line. Then once they got it on the line, it was probably anywhere from 12 to 24 months later to make sure they had the all of the molds and dyes and everything running and up and everything was just working perfectly. And then they had to put together a supply chain and all the other parts and pieces, all of that had to be done. And remember, it was done without a computer manually, and it was done, you know, where a, a part might get 25 or 30 processes done to it. 
by 25 or 30 different machines by 25 or 30 different human beings. So a part inside of a manufacturing plant years ago might travel, you know, 10, 15 miles back and forth to the plant around the plant and it may be touched by 40 people before it ever gets installed in its final product. Now, okay, Scott, what are you talking about? You've got me, I'm so confused. <laughs> well, the reason why I'm telling you all that is because that's we had these little, um, you know, thiefdoms, the little silos that were, you know, people that had ultimate authority like that person could pick what kind of tool that was used what kind of die whether it was a you know a, a 1224 threaded screw or i mean that was the the person that was in charge of that part of the assembly was usually ultimately the decision maker and there wasn't a lot of overlap and the reason I can tell you this from experience is, is I actually worked with a company that used the same exact screw now listen to what I'm going to tell you here this is really important the exact same screw from the exact same manufacturer and they used it in six different uh, finished products so they had six product numbers that had the same exact screw in it and they bought it for five different prices i'm not exaggerating five different prices from the exact same vendor and it had six different part numbers so that part number would be part number one when it went in product one it'd be pro you know part number two uh, or three or one two three four five six seven eight nine in product number two and it was exactly the same screw and the reason why is because there was no cross-pollination and they didn't have computer systems to say how many of these are we buying because in that particular mode that manufacturing cell or line assembly line had their own you know procurement they had their own uh, engineering they had their all of those parts and pieces were all uh, disparate and they were all separate and there were silos and walls built and that's why a manufacturing facility could end up paying five different prices for the same exact screw from the same vendor in five, in six different products and the reason why is because that salesperson was calling on six people inside that same manufacturing plant that had six different products that they were responsible for. So you can see why in the old days, back going, quoting, you know, back to the old days, like I said, you can see why decision makers were a dime a dozen. They were there. If you had, if you could put the, the, right person in the room you could probably have the right decision maker there and if you could convince them that your product is better more value uh, easier time saving whatever it happened to be your value proposition resonated with that person they had the power to change it and they had the power to say yes that makes sense let's introduce that into our assembly line or let's introduce that into our methodology now, as we start to move forward into onto the time continuum, now things started happening like those 25 or 30 processes that were done by 25 or 30 different people and 25 or 30 different machines all of a sudden got done by one machine called a CNC machine that was actually run by one human being that was loaded with you know bar stock or square stock or whatever it happened to be all by one person and now the finished part 
part. It didn't have to travel anywhere. It came in as a piece of square uh, steel and fell out the bottom as a gear or whatever it happened to be, that part. Now, all of a sudden, that they're, they're started to get computerized where they would say, okay, who else is buying this bar stock? And what other parts are being made from it? And how do we get a lower cost? And what if we buy more truckloads of it? And now all of a sudden, you start to see committees and influencers and people starting to be affected because now when the salesperson comes in to sell that company bar stock, they're going to say, okay, wait a minute. Before you were selling it to me for X, and we, and we thought we were only buying you know this much holding my fingers up into a little a little pile and what's the reality is you were selling it to six of my colleagues and we're buying this much a whole bunch and we want a better price and now that we know about it we want better quality better price better delivery we want better vendors and if you aren't willing to work with us we're going to find somebody that that is now all of a sudden you start seeing how these committees are starting to to come into play and then as as we start to move into even more and the world keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller now all of a sudden you find vendors out there that'll say well mr manufacturer the very first process you do to this bar stock is you cut it into two inch lengths and then you load those two inch lengths into the machine how about if we just supply it to you in two inch lengths now all of a sudden the manufacturer is doing one of the processes cutting down on cost and expense and the need for that second machine and the need for that second person and so all of a sudden value add vendors start to pop up so now you have decisions being made in committee and then you have influencers coming in that are engineering and procurement isn't just the end all to be all anymore now you start to get people and then Toyota comes onto the scene and changes the whole world and says, Mr. Vendor, we want you to be a partner. We want you to actually develop you know, the part with us for the future models because we're going to tie in with you and get a lower cost than ever because now all of a sudden we're going to have one of your supply, our, one of our suppliers, you know, reps working in our office to help us get through to the next level and we're going to be able to you know trim another 30 or 40 percent out of the cost all driving the cost down so that we can have lower the price to the consumer so we can increase the volume or increase the profit for our shareholders so you see what's happening in decision making isn't about making the decision it's about understanding as a salesperson how the decision is made the distinction is how the decision is made is more important than who makes the decision and, and, and I know I'm going to get a lot of uh, people tweeting back to me right now and I know I'm going to get a lot of comments on my Facebook when I put this out there and people are going to vehemently disagree with me but in my experience what I have found is is that if I can understand how the decision is made then I can have better influence that decision process if I know that it's going to go through engineering and I know that it's going to go through procurement and I know that it's going to have a final uh, QAQC that when the part comes in and I understand how all of those decisions are made I can then better you know 
present my case to say, here are the things that we do better than our competition that fit into your decision-making process. For instance, maybe I'm the guy who brings that value add. Maybe if I understand the decision and how the part is manufactured, that part of that decision is I can do that first process or those first two processes. Or I learn that maybe the machine oil that we use um, has to be cleaned off prior to. You know, simple things like that. Or maybe I maybe there's a an acid etch bath or whatever. I'm getting way too technical, but you understand where I'm going with this. If I understand how the decision-making process is done, then I can better understand my competitors and I can better understand the landscape. Now, there's usually, and I'm not going to say always, but there's usually a person who's in charge that kind of brings consensus. So you want to find that person is the most powerful because they're the person who can say yes, but they can also say no. The other person that you want to make sure that you know intimately you want to find this person and get up next to them as close as you can is the person who has the power to say no but has zero power to say yes now scott i'm completely confused what are you talking about well remember that fox we talked about in the back of the room so let's say you have someone in the decision-making process that has been at the manufacturing facility for 30 years and is ready to retire. He or she has seen a lot of vendors come through there. He or she have seen tons of different types of parts and machines and change and everything from the from the very beginning to today, they have witnessed all of the, the major successes and the major faux pas. And if you are in there giving a presentation and the, the the head of engineering and the head of procurement and everybody is all shaking their head yes and they're going scott you got a deal this is fantastic we love the value proposition my gosh this is exactly what we need to take our our assembly line to the next level you are you are the man thank you so much you've done such a fantastic job you've you hit every single one of our needs we can't imagine how we could do this with anybody else but you and then you walk out of the room thinking, oh, man, I just got a multi-million dollar PO. This is going to be a fantastic account. I'm going to call my boss and tell him that, uh, how fantastic I am and how great this account is. And, oh, my gosh, this, is, this, this means that big bonus I want for Christmas. Oh, my gosh, it's going to be a great year. And as soon as you close the door and step outside, that 30-year veteran in the back of the room with his arms folded or her arms folded for, through the entire presentation, the uh, head of engineering looks back and says, Joe, what's wrong? It looks like uh, you know, you've got a comment. What's going on? Joe says, yeah, we tried this you know, five years ago, and it does not work. We spent a ton of money. We just absolutely just. I mean, it went down in flames. I think it dropped our stock price, you know, $2 a share because, I mean, we spent hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars and we tried to make it work and we tried it every way from Sunday. And this guy is just coming in here and trying to do exactly the same thing again. Man, I got to tell you, I'm I'm really concerned. We better, we better take a real hard, hard look at this. And I don't know what we're doing right now is working and, you know, we're up 18% over last year and I'm just not sure we're ready to put this assembly line into a chaos you know and then all of a sudden all of your work and everything that you did 
now just got changed. Why? Because you didn't know that that person in the back of the room was going to be have all the authority to say no and absolutely no authority to say yes. So you see, the decision-making process is really, really important. Find out who are going to be the influencers. Find out who are going to have direct influence and who are going to have indirect influence. Understand the process. Meet with the engineering crew. Talk to the janitor. Talk to the the guy who you know has been there the longest. Talk to the person who you know uh, doesn't work in that exact cell, but has worked over there you know years before. Why'd you leave? What happened? You know understand as much as you possibly can about that client and their decision making and i promise you it will go light years better for you because now what if you had pulled joe aside and you said joe now i i understand you know before i make this presentation it's my understanding that you've got some concerns can we sit down and you know let's go to the cafeteria and sit down and talk about this and find out you know what are your concerns and let me see if i can alleviate those for you because remember joe's looking for retirement he doesn't want a whole bunch of extra work he doesn't want to make his life miserable you know for the next 18 months while he's looking to you know get his pension and get out of there he wants to just keep everything status quo this is all about you know let's not rock the boat i really know how to do my job and i've got it down to where i only have to work a couple hours a day and it runs like a well-oiled machine and why do you want to go and mess that up right so that's one of those things where you pull him in as an advisor and you say joe you know i i understand you've got concerns can you can you help me understand what it is that you're concerned about and let's get you uh in tune with or in touch with uh our engineering team or my you know CEO or my COO and let's figure out you know your years of experience just bring a ton here we want to make absolutely sure that we have your vote of confidence before we make our presentation because we think we've got a good solution but if you know something we don't tell us right now tell us what's going on uh, because we can really you know mess this up if you if you're not supporting it then we're, we're not going to be able to make a make any headway so you Think about that conversation now and how different that's going to be after you walk out of the room. Now, Joe says, you know, I had a conversation with Scott and I spent some time with their engineering team. And and although this looks very similar to a project we had a few years ago that didn't go very well, I'm really confident that this vendor and Scott with his team could pull this off. I don't I just think we probably weren't quite ready last time we presented this. So and I think part of it was our fault and part of it was their fault. And we ended up losing a ton of money. But I think uh, we can make this happen happen in a big way and and by the way scott mentioned that he'd like to have me on the uh implementation committee so uh he's going to be talking to you joe or frank you know my boss he's going to be talking to you about you know getting me on the implementation team because you know my years of experience here are going to really help so uh and by the way he also incorporated the uh the my compensation into that so he knows it's going to take some extra time and what we'd like to do is he'd like to lower the price by x that'll compensate the company for you know my overtime or my time and all that i mean can you imagine how different that conversation goes inside that room rather than having that person in the back of the room with their arms folded and say no i don't think this is going to work 
And I know I'm talking about Nirvana here. It doesn't happen like that every single time. And it just, you know, and I'm painting a pretty rosy picture. But today's episode talking about decision and being whether you're decisive you could make a decision right now and make it stick or if you have the flexibility in your decision making process i don't like to uh you know talk a lot about you know, negative things sometimes it gets kind of crazy around here but uh i will i will talk about the united states marine corps a fantastic organization that keeps us safe and one of the armed forces that does a great job for us and one of their uh slogans one of the things that they tell their their marines is real simple a good plan today well executed is better than a perfect plan tomorrow so they like to work on that you know 70 percent rule make the decision that you have with the information that you have now and know that you're never going to have more than about 70 percent of what the reality is so make the best decision you can with the information you have and then be flexible enough to understand that in five minutes from now you may have additional information that will you know not demand but will push you in a different direction to make a different decision so decisiveness doesn't mean rigid doesn't mean this is the way it's going to be and no one's going to change my mind decisive means i can make the decision based on the information that i have now and i'm extremely comfortable with the decision process that i have in my mind or on paper or however you do it then if i get another piece of information i reevaluate as to where we are so for instance it's the same thing you know when we're when you're driving and you feel like you might be lost right so you say with the information that i have right now i should be heading in this direction towards my destination and that's the way i'm going and then as you're driving along you see a street sign or you see a exit ramp or you see a sign that says hey if you want to go to this if you want to go to this town you need to be on this freeway and then you make a decision based on that new piece of information that you have we all do it we make decisions all day long and most of us make decisions i mean everything from you know where i'm going to eat lunch what i'm going to do next what prioritization am i going to put on this email versus another one am i going to open my email am i going to work on this project i mean we all make all these little micro decisions all day long all during the course of the day and most of us don't even give it a second thought most of us just go well okay that's another day full of decisions that i made and most of them have very low impact on our day-to-day lives and then we struggle and we we make all these huge you know uh we we get into all kinds of anxiety and all of this problem when we have to make bigger decisions you know and i'm not talking about life-changing decisions like you know surgery or or marriage or having kids and those kind of things but i'm talking about we get anxiety about you know certain things that are what we can perceive to be larger decisions and what i'm going to tell you here is something that i learned a long time ago from one of my mentors if you can start breaking down a decision into its smaller parts because usually all big decisions start with three or four small little decisions you know did i you know did i wear did i leave my sunglasses on the counter and oh it's sunny so the 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 decision was i forgot to bring my sunglasses or i chose not to and now i'm squinting right 
That's the consequence versus the decision. And most of them through the course of the day have those little, little teeny little consequences and little teeny little decisions that we make. So if you take a big decision and you break it down into the smaller parts of it and you start looking at it from all different angles, the decision-making process becomes much smaller because you could then make decisions then use the question, what if? If I do this, what if I do this? What if I go there? What if I do this? And then start filling in the consequences and all of a sudden you'll start to get a clearer picture that it's not this big giant huge decision it's a whole bunch of small little teeny decisions just all piled on top of each other and that's why when we talk about today on uh, sales with Sully I wanted to bring to you the decision-making process how you do you make your decisions be aware start tuning in to how decisions are made start asking the questions of your clients and your prospects how will this decision be made you know just walk me through the decision making process in this day and age of millennials now somebody that has absolutely nothing to do with the company just a contractor or somebody who's working uh, part-time uh, may be gathering the information and bringing it to the right person who then puts it in front of the committee and if you you haven't made that cut by somebody who's not even in the industry then you don't even get a chance to swing you don't even get to bat you don't get a chance to actually even make your pitch what happens is you get arbitrarily cut out because someone looks at your website looks at you looks at your offering and arbitrarily decides it doesn't fit the need and just slices it out because the boss said go find me three people that do this and that person now has to go find three people that do that in order to bring the decision to the person that that is going to be a committee that's going to make the decision so and the other thing too is is that you need that information to be able to flow very quickly how many of you make a decision after watching a video you need to have a video so that you can send it and then it can be forwarded on to all everyone in the team no one's going to read 17 or 18 pages i shouldn't say no one but very few people are going to read 17 or 18 pages they're going to watch a three minute video that somebody sent them and said hey that looks like a good solution let's get them in here and have an interview Okay, that's the way sometimes decisions are being made. So be aware and be cognizant of what's happening in the decision-making process. I hope this makes sense to you, and I hope that I haven't been rambling too much about some of my stories and you know fixing things as far as decision-making and, and what's happened over the evolution. Don't be stuck in the past. Don't think right now that there's one person that's going to live and die and fall on the sword for making a decision for your product. The, remember, the inertia says, I'm, if I do nothing, I win. So every week, I answer your questions right here uh, at Sales with Sully. Send me a tweet, send me a Facebook message at Sales with Sully, and now on Instagram at Sales with Sully. Reach out to me, let me know what you're thinking about, let me know some things that are going on in your world as far as being a sales professional. Let me know how I can help or how I can bring my team of experts to help you be a better sales professional. Thank you very much for listening every single week right here on Inspired News Radio. And until next week, like I always say, go out and sell something. You've been listening to Sales with Sully on InspiredNewsRadio.com.
We take your sales and marketing questions each week on Twitter at Sales with Sully, hashtag INR, and like us on Facebook. On behalf of your host, Scott Sullivan, and the entire Sales with Sully team, thanks for listening, and see you next week.